What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul Padi. I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? All right, and we're back with another playoff episode, just like we've had the last two. Uh, this one's a little bit late because, obviously, between the championship games and Super Bowl week, we get two weeks off, and I don't think anybody wants our Pro Bowl analysis so we didn't care to talk about that too much, but this is just going to be another episode of us recapping the previous week, which in this case is the championship games, and then looking forward to the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl. Obviously, with it being three games, it might not be as long as normal, but I mean, this is we're at that point in the season, so it is what it is. Yeah, sorry to all the uh, Pro Bowl dodgeball fans, but... Um... Let's get started. Um, let's let's briefly touch on the 49ers quarterback situation. What do you want to say about that? Well, for one, since we're doing a recap on the game, uh, I'd like to say that as a Niners fan, even though it was a great season, that had to be the most depressing watch I've ever had in my life on anything. Because by the second or third quarter, you knew it was done and there was no chance of coming back simply because of injury pretty much and I don't think uh, I need to talk about too much in the QB play of this game because there really wasn't much of it uh obviously Brock Purdy most of the game wasn't really able to throw when he was in he had I think three passes so it wasn't much to really talk about uh Josh Johnson looked exactly like what we expected which was a player who was years removed from last playing, just throw it, thrown into a game, clearly wasn't in game shape, uh, and that showed in the concussion that came early. Obviously, concussions are a bit of, like, freak accidents, but it kind of just seemed he was almost shell-shocked in that game, and then some sort of injury, whether it was that concussion or something else, something was bound to happen to him because he just didn't look prepared. So that's my thoughts on that game. Anything else on the game, or I'll just talk about the future, because that's really all that's left. Yeah, I don't really uh, have anything to say about it. They, they just like they just put yeah. replacement-level players out there, and that's not really something that's sustainable in the championship game. Yeah, and one thing I feel like that's not talked about enough, and maybe I need to look into more why this was the case, but I think it's kind of ridiculous that the Niners even went into a championship game with only two quarterbacks who could even throw the football, knowing that obviously Purdy didn't come in with any el- uh, elbow designation, but he's been dealing with, a, I believe it was a rib or some sort of core injury, like pretty much since his first start or his second start, I believe is where he injured it. He was a little bit like shaky pretty much uh, health-wise in some of his first few starts. So... Knowing that and knowing the backup was Josh Johnson, uh, I don't know why they didn't put in a third just quarterback. It could have been anybody, really. And even then, just they had no contingency plan after the first two. But, yeah, like PD said, it was replacement players in there. You can't do much about it. Uh, looking forward, I think the first thing I'd like to mention is Jimmy G, obviously. With uh, all the fiasco last year, we didn't expect him to be back this year, and then he ended up staying on the team. And with Lance getting injured so early on, uh, he actually played a significant amount of the season. 
So it was a very weird year for him, and then he ends up getting injured, obviously. Uh, I think with him, it's pretty clear at this point that uh, the Niners want to move on with him. There's even reports circling around like over the last year or so that there was a chance he could have played in that championship game and then chose not to, and then there's some like disconnect between uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, and John Lynch and Jimmy G. They don't really uh, like the decision he made. I guess we'll see with time how true all of this these stories are. But with the emergence of Brock Purdy, I think it's pretty clear that Jimmy G is going to be on his way out. And he's a starter-level quarterback. I, I know for a fact he'll find a job somewhere. But I think this is finally the year that Jimmy G's time in San Francisco is over. And speaking of Brock Purdy, who I just mentioned, uh, reports for him as of recently are also looking negative because – uh, I believe he's getting Tommy John surgery, which is very common for uh, pitchers, uh, baseball pitchers, and it's almost never a good thing. A lot of the time, people don't come back the same after those injuries. They don't have the same arm strength, arm velocity, power, all that. So one, that's something to look for. Look for with Purdy, who's already not, not the most athletically gifted, uh, if uh, as far as arm talent goes. Uh, if there's injuries to take a dip into his ability there, that might be trouble. Plus, he's going to be missing, I believe, uh, 9 to 12 months if it really is Tommy John surgery, which would put him up out for the entire offseason, which was his uh, chance to prove that he is better than Trey Lance. He's shown more, obviously, in his playing career. That offseason was going to be key for him. And I don't know if the Niners would be ready to just throw him in there after missing an entire offseason and uh, just not playing so long. So I think with the situation given, it's kind of fallen into Trey Lance's hands. And Trey Lance, obviously, the amount we gave up for him, how high of a draft pick he was, he was obviously supposed to be the guy already and maybe would have been if it wasn't for his injury. But I think... At this point, it looks evident unless Purdy's uh, injuries, recovery speeds up a lot faster than expected. I think it's going to be Lance going into it next year, and we'll talk about it in our off-season QB room episodes, uh, what that means for the Niners. But as of right now, I think that's where we're at with the QB room. Yeah, it's not, not a very good situation. We'll talk about it more in depth, looking at each player. Um, and, and what they kind of would look like going forward. But um, let's move on to a more positive situation um, and, and talk about the Eagles and specifically Jalen Hurts. And um, I think for me personally, this game this game showed uh, quite a lot uh, about uh, what, what Hurts needs to do as a player um, moving forward because the Niners definitely had a plan in mind uh, going into this game they kind of executed a plan that I would say is similar to what they did against Kyler Murray last year um where their goal was to sit on the edges and kind of keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket um so that he doesn't beat them scrambling or or moving out of the pocket and because Jalen Hurts isn't exactly the biggest quarterback um staying in the pocket and being forced to um keep the same keep the same vision lanes that um, he initially has, and rather, and like not reacting to what what the defense is showing him up front, um, 
that can, that can kind of cause some trouble for Hurts. Um, the Eagles' offense as a whole didn't look poor because, obviously, like 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 we said, um, the Eagles, they, they, the receivers just can't be covered. So that just led to a lot of penalties, and, and the Eagles moved the ball that way. Um, but let's look at the play-by-play to kind of uh, demonstrate what I'm saying. So uh, the first quarter didn't look too poor. Um, we started off with uh, a, short, a couple of short completions, then a run that kind of went nowhere, um, and then a couple of couple of medium distance completions with a couple of, with an incompletion in there, um, and then there was a big time twenty nine yard completion on fourth and three, um, completion in air quotes because the ball actually hit the ground. But um, Jalen Hurts on fourth and three just kind of scrambled out and gave Devontae Smith a shot, and um, I guess he quote unquote made the play. Um, then Jalen Hurts. Threw a pass a little bit, um, a little bit away from Kenneth Gainwell, um, and this this snap was was a great demonstration of the point I was trying to make. Where um, Hertz held the ball for for seven plus seconds, and pressure didn't arrive until like six seconds into the play, and so the Niners were very clearly like not wanting to to rush too much and, and force their second level players to defend Hertz. Um, after a couple of short completions, um, we get a short run and an incompletion to end the quarter. And then the second quarter is kind of really where it's like, mm, I have some questions. Um, first, uh, Nick Bosa stonewalls Jalen Hurts on a read option. And then Jalen Hurts kind of misses an open uh, A.J. Brown on, on a third down. Um, and then after a couple of short runs, um, Jalen Hurts throws this one to Sanders um, for a short completion. And then a couple of uh, incompletions where... Um, I think that the pressure was was kind of an issue for him, um, especially on, on that second incompletion where um, it, it's it's a rollout play, um, and he just is just forced to throw it away. Um, and then a few a uh, few more short short completions uh, in in the quarter. Um, in the third quarter, uh, the game was kind of getting out of hand at this point because the Niners' offense couldn't couldn't do a single thing. Um, but Jalen Hurts. Uh, on a second and seven, he hits A.J. Brown on a slant. Brown just drops it. Um, but then he misses um, Brown by, what is like, 15 yards maybe? Um, this 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 is a goal ball, and Brown is pretty tightly covered, but the fact that he does, doesn't even give him a chance is, is pretty bad to me. Um, he has a nice run, uh, followed by a couple of completions where um, his receiver did more of the work, and then has another nice run for four yards. Um, and then a couple of short completions, and then he kind of just takes over with, with his legs uh, with gains of 12 to 14, uh, 0, and, and 1 to kind of get the touchdown at the end there. So, um, and, and a couple of these come with, with really nice uh, force missed tackles, uh, the one specifically where he just trucked a, trucked a linebacker uh, or, or a secondary player. Um, so Hertz was kind of... He, he didn't get the deep ball going for sure. Um, he had a couple of opportunities. One, he just airmailed AJ Brown when he was open. That would have probably been a touchdown. Um, and then one, a couple of times where he didn't really give his receivers a chance. Um, and I, I just think like looking forward to, to next week, I, I don't want to get, get too ahead of myself and, and spoil the preview, but um, I, I don't think that too much of this is an issue. I think that um, as long as they get a couple of deep completions, which is very it's very likely um, with, with the Eagles they they just manufacture big plays on command. Um, I I think that the offense will look a lot better, uh, or, or Jalen Hurts specifically will look a lot better. Um, the lack of the deep shots 
was, was the real issue in this game. Um, and I think that does say something about Hurts, that his game isn't developed enough yet where he can just take the underneath stuff and, and beat you all the way up and down the field. But um, the ability to hit the deep shot and, and the run game, uh, I think that should be present next week. And, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of see this as a one-off game and a bad matchup where – uh, the defensive line of the Niners is just so so talented, and um, they can they can make Hurts feel pretty uncomfortable. And I don't really see that from the Chiefs line. Yeah, for me with this Jalen Hurts game, uh, I feel like it's difficult to really look too much into it because this game got out of hand so early. Uh, the Niners did a great job defensively at holding him back in that first half, but because of all the short fields they were giving away, the score got, I mean, out of blown out of proportion so fast. And the second half just pretty much became a killing clock fest. But I actually do think this wasn't uh, one of Hurt's best performances uh, by any means. As PD mentioned, there was that one pretty, I'd say pretty uh, routine pass for Jalen Hurts to a wide open uh, A.J. Brown streaking that he missed. And I believe there was also one deep pass to uh, Devontae Smith, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, that he did miss. Uh, I feel like the Niners did do a good job of creating a defensive game plan that would stop Jalen Hurts. And like like PD said, it's a huge part of just our personnel. I don't think... I think the Niners definitely laid out a blueprint to stop this Eagles offense, but it's not easily easily replicable because not everybody has the D line and linebacker core and just overall uh all around defensive talent that the Niners have and were able to kinda mess around with. Cause if you if you look at that game, uh when it was still a game, the Niners defense was doing a great job. I thought I said in the preview that Jalen Hurts uh, rushing the ball was going to kill us because the Niners just historically over the last like half decade or so have been getting killed by most mobile quarterbacks. And maybe we didn't see a whole lot of Jalen Hurts rushes because they're just trying to get out of that game without injuring him because it was so out of hand. But I do think like PD mentioned that we did a great job of just uh, rushing for and letting our defenders sit back. That way Jalen Hurts can't just like burst away from the pressure and then everyone's man on man and there's no one to come get him so the scramble didn't really beat us and like we said the deep ball is where Jalen Hurts thrives that the run game and the deep ball is what makes this Eagles offense and the Niners did a pretty good job at stopping both at first uh running the ball they didn't do as great of a job in that second half but the defense got tired. It is what it is. The game was over. But overall, I think this wasn't one of Hurts' best performances. It wasn't bad, I wouldn't say, but it definitely didn't impress me. Uh, it didn't take me away going into the Super Bowl, but this Niners defense was something else. It was different. Uh, that's why it hurts even more that this defense, which will most definitely lose some pieces going into next year, uh, it didn't really achieve anything in terms of a Super Bowl win or even a conference win uh, because of the injuries, obviously. But they did a great job against this Eagles offense. 
for a lot of this game, I think they might have done better than most other teams this year did. And I think if it, if if we didn't have those quarterback injuries, they might have done the best out of any team. Uh, they did get lucky a couple of times because Jalen Hurts was off. He missed a couple of throws. He definitely wasn't his uh, regular, pretty accurate self. So definitely some bailouts there. And that Devontae Smith uh, pass that was should have been a drop got called a catch. That killed the Niners' defense and handed the Eagles their first touchdown. So, overall, this defense did a great job, and hopefully Hurts, we see more of what we've seen out of Hurts this whole year in the Super Bowl. Because if not, that, that Chiefs offense, they, they won't be able to keep up with the Chiefs offense if they play the same way they did this week. But, yeah, not to spoil the preview, but I don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, um... Just some some bad luck or not bad luck. Uh, just some variance uh, with, with the deep ball. Um, I, I oh. thought Hertz was average, um, and I mean we saw what the Niners defense did um, in, in the divisional round to the Cowboys offense. So um, being average isn't isn't the bad thing uh, against the Niners defense. It's it's, yeah, it's absolutely not. Like um, Geno played a pretty poor game. Dak played an awful game. Um, Hertz played an average game. I think. Um, I think that's an achievement in itself. And aside from the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know a quarterback who did have a good game in general versus the Niners this whole year. So I yeah. I, I should look into that, but maybe that's something I'll do uh, a little later. Let's move on to this AFC Championship game, and I'll start it off with, with Joe Burrow. Um, there seems to be uh, kind of – a, a narrative push that that Burrow didn't play very well, and I, I thought I thought he played I thought he played pretty, pretty well, especially um, when thinking about like how he played after the first quarter. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think after that initial stretch where he took a ton of sacks, I think it was it was pretty good from there on out. Um, we started off the first quarter with a couple of short completions of three and nine yards, and on his third pass attempt, uh, Burrow. Hits a defender. I think it was Trent McDuffie right in the hands. McDuffie drops it. Um, poor play by Burrow. I, I think that deserved to be picked. Uh, on the next play, on a third and nine, he takes a pretty bad sack for a loss of nine yards. Um, he had over three seconds in the pocket here. I think um, he should have given one of his receivers a chance. Um, the next two sacks, I don't think he really had a chance on either of them. Uh, fresh <coughs> pressure arrived in under two and a half seconds um, from the edge. And, yeah, he just didn't really have a chance to get the ball off. Starting the second quarter, we have completions of 8 and 11 yards where his receivers did more of the work. Then another sack where um, I think this one was his fault as well. He uh, had over two and a half seconds and really should have sensed that pressure from the interior uh, and done a better job uh, trying to get rid of the ball. Um, the next one, Samaje Piran doesn't get his head around. That leads to an incompletion. Not Burrow's fault, I don't think. Um and then Burrow throws a really nice pass on third and 14 to Tyler Boyd for a 16-yard gain. Um, after a throwaway, he hits, who is this? Uh, Hayden Hurst for, oh, not Hayden Hurst. Uh, who is this one? Uh, this one's Tyler Boyd again. Um, he's wide open on this one for a 24-yard gain, but good pass nonetheless. Uh, after short completion to Hayden Hurst, he throws an absolute seed to Hayden Hurst in the end zone, uh, and Hurst just can't bring it in. And that was a big-time game-changer. Um, a touchdown there instead of a field goal would have been huge. 
Um, after completion, he has his first interception of the day, and this one, I think, was T. Higgins' fault. Basically, Higgins has inside leverage against the DB, and Burrow sees this and thinks to give him a chance to win on the inside by just shielding off the defender. But instead, Higgins, um, he, he kind of tricks Burrow. Um, he shows that he's having uh, or he's running inside, but at the last second, <coughs> Burrow's throwing the ball. Um, he starts to release outside, which leaves the ball back inside, and the DB makes a very easy pick. Um, then we get a couple of short completions for six and no gain, and then Burrow throws a very nice pass to uh, to Jamar Chase for a 17-yard gain. Um, a couple short completions later of five and four yards, they get an 11-yard gain and then a 21-yard gain on a beautiful back shoulder uh, from, T, uh, from Burrow to Higgins. Um, and then a couple of incompletions for a field goal. Uh, to end the half so the second half starts and this is when burrow really starts to kick into high gear in this third quarter um he has a nice completion to higgins to start off the start off the quarter then makes a couple of nice runs uh, of 2 and 11 yards and then after a throwaway he throws a really nice pass to higgins in a tight window uh 25 yards down the field outside the numbers um then he has a short completion and a throwaway um, and then throws another uh, incompletion before throwing a couple of uh, short short completions um, sandwiched in between a, an incompletion. Then it's fourth and six, and he gives Jamar Chase a shot on the outside in double coverage. It's it's behind Jamar Chase, and he has to adjust, but great catch. Um, I guess credit where credit is due to Jamar Chase and a good decision to put the ball in the air to Jamar Chase there. Uh, a couple of short completions uh, later, or uh, a short completion, and they punch in the touchdown there. Um, and the next drive starts with a short completion, then a great run for 14 yards. Then uh, Burrow throws an incompletion, uh, which wasn't his fault. Um, this one, I, I just think, like, Jamar Chase could have done a better job. Uh, he just kind of let the ball hit his face mask and... Um, yeah, didn't make a good plan. He didn't really get his eyes on the ball. I think the DB was just too tall, and uh, he couldn't see over him. Then Burrow gives T. Higgins a chance deep down the field in a tight window. Uh, not really his fault, technically. There's no one open, so he just kind of chucks it up there, gives T. Higgins a chance. T. Higgins doesn't win. The safety, Brian Cook, makes a great play. Um, that leads to a pick. Um, then, he, then on the next drive, um, he has a short completion to Higgins before a short scramble. Um, and then he takes an intentional grounding, which uh, I didn't think he was, it was his fault. It, it's a rare case where I didn't think the intentional grounding was the quarterback's fault, um, because I think no matter what, he would have gotten sacked there. It was just it was, there was just really no chance there. Um, and then on a third and sixteen, he throws a nice pass to a wide open Hayden Hurst for a twenty three yard gain. Um, so now they're around the thirty yard line at the thirty three, um, and Burrow has a short completion for two yards. Then an incompletion on a miscommunication between him and Tyler Irwin. Um, and then he takes a sack, which wasn't his fault again. So that that uh, ends the game. Burrow made a ton of really nice plays this game. Um, the one interceptable pass that was his fault, I thought was a pretty poor play. And a few sacks that really hurt um, the Bengals' ability to finish these drives. But um, man, he just gave his receivers a shot over and over again. And his receivers just couldn't make the plays at times. Sometimes they make great plays. Um, that's just kind of what happens when you're going up, up against a strong defense um, like the Chiefs have. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that Burrow was totally 
uh, totally phased by by the defense. He seemed to have a good performance, and um, yeah, looking forward to what he can do next season. Yeah, you started off saying that uh, a lot of people were talking about how they thought Burrow played poorly. Um, maybe I haven't been looking at the right places, but I feel like people don't think Burrow played poorly, but more that he played poorly for the standard he's set throughout this season. Because coming into this game, aside from that very little bit at the very rough patch to start the year, he had been lights out for a very, very, very long time. Uh, second half of the year, he could have been the MVP. He was he had been playing very, very well for a very long time, and he just come back off the off the backs of, of that Bills win, which was uh, one of the more impressive quarterback performances I've seen like throughout this year. He was absolutely lights out in this one, and uh, in that one, and I think this one that was the difference. Uh, in previous games, he was either really, really good or perfect. And this one, he was just, just good, but he wasn't. He wasn't anything spectacular. And I think the thing people are looking at the most is those two drives that came at the end of the game that pretty much uh, ended this game and their season. Because obviously, coming into this one, he had <clears throat> he had those issues with the sacks early on. But in that second and third quarter, they did start to get into a little bit of a groove. They came back and pulled this game close like they always do versus the Chiefs. But I do th- I do have a little bit of an issue with those last two drives, what he did with Burrow. Uh, I know you weren't uh, particularly, like, uh, how do you say it? You weren't per- particularly against his decisions on those two drives. But at least for me, on that second last drive where he throws that interception, uh, me personally, I think that's a that's not the best decision he could have made there. With the third and three tie game, uh, with that much time left, even though like I watched that play, there was no one else open. But there's no reason to take that risk and go that far downfield to a T. Higgins who. He didn't even have a step on the receiver. I mean, T. Higgins is known to not necessarily uh, play with the most space. He's not the best route runner. But still, I think Burrow didn't put that ball in a position where he could have come back and maybe made that a jump ball. I think that was slightly underthrown, and that was why it was able to be tipped and picked. And obviously, it was still an accurate ball. He still got it to where T. Higgins would have been, and the safety made a great play. But on a third and three in the fourth quarter, when you go that far deep uh, and it's not open, it's a tight window throw, you're running that risk. That's a risk he's going to have to live with. And if he makes that play, that's an incredible, outstanding play. And that changes this, that changes the game completely. Uh, that maybe That most likely wins them that game. But when it ends up in an interception... I, I do question that decision, but I think because I think that's a bit too aggressive. And I've always liked Burrow's ability to know when to be aggressive or not. That's one thing I said he has that my favorite quarterback, Justin Herbert, has still yet to learn. And I think on that play, uh, he just made the absolutely wrong decision. Because three yards, even if he had no one open, he could have potentially tucked it and ran. Uh, even if you just throw the ball away, punt it, live to fight another day, I feel like, I mean, that throw was basically a punt, but it's not the same in my opinion. I think an interception 
just changes the momentum. It's a little bit different than just punting the ball away. The but ideally you pick up the first down, and I would have liked him to maybe try a tight window throw underneath. That would have been a safer option. Probably doesn't lead to an interception. Uh, I see what he was going for, but just my opinion, that wasn't the best decision. And in his final drive, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot more he could have done. Or on that last play to pretty much end that drive, he does take a sack. Uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, he does take a sack. And even though Chris Jones, he he got pressure pretty quickly. Uh, I do think Burrow could have done a better job of maybe <coughs> adding a prote- uh, adding more protection or maybe making a more quick developing play, knowing that Chris Jones has been on his on his ass pretty much all day, and the Chiefs' D line pretty much overperformed that, that entire day. Uh, I did not expect them to do so well. I knew that Bengals' offensive line wasn't going to be able to keep up with them, but I didn't think it would happen to that extent. And I think that's something the coaching staff and even Burrow should have known uh, on a play that was essentially their most important play, uh, offensive play of the entire game. I think they overall could have done a better job, and that falls on Burrow a little bit too. So my thoughts overall... I also agree that he wasn't bad, but I don't think he was, like, really good. He was just above average good to me. Yeah, I think he played well, um, not perfectly. Um, uh, I think, like, um, I think his his condition is to, like, when there's nothing there, make the most aggressive decision possible. And, and he's going to get burned for it sometimes. But I don't really mind um, that decision in the long run because – um, the expected value on that play is like higher than I think anything else he could have uh, done. I think um, if he throws that ball like one foot farther, um, th- that's probably a completion. So maybe you want to knock him yeah. for for making a imperfect pass. I guess that's I think fine. I think that's the that's the issue though. When you have an imperfect pass at that point in the game, uh, the decision also matters there. Because if he was a foot off, but he throws it to the check down or like something five yards downfield that just results in an incompletion but when you're trying to be so aggressive and get the ball in a tight window downfield you have less control of what's going to happen uh and on that play I would have yeah I I agree the ball placement also wasn't the best because I would have at least liked him to make it a 50-50 ball for Higgins because Higgins with such a big frame he's super athletic he can get up there uh, that safety, I forget who it was. He wasn't going to stop T. Higgins on a 50-50 ball. So all Burrow really had to do was float it up a little bit more. And maybe uh, I would be looking at the decision differently. But even if he does catch the ball, at least for me, uh, I still would just probably lean away from that decision just because of the point in the game they were. With the tie game and knowing you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side who... Uh, they didn't come down and score, but you know the Chiefs, at any point in the game, they can score at the uh, snap of a finger. Like Knowing that and knowing the situation he was in, I just don't like the decision to go downfield. And I don't know if I would have – it would have been a sick play. It would have been incredible if T. Higgins caught it. But even then, I probably would have said, that's not my favorite decision. And Burrow is a ballsy quarterback, so – uh, I don't expect that to change about him, but when the 
he makes a decision like that and it ends up being a mistake, uh, that's something I'm going to look at for sure. All right. Uh, let's move on to the other side uh, of the ball here and talk about Patrick Mahomes, who played a pretty excellent game here. Um, we started off with a couple of short completions that turned into 17 and 16-yard completions each. Um, first one to Pacheco behind the line of scrimmage, then to Kelsey, um, who rumbled for 16 yards. Then he threw an incompletion where um, this was a fantastic pass, actually, to Terrius Tony on this kind of uh, wheel go-route thing. Uh, down the sideline, and Tony just couldn't bring it in. Mahomes put in a perfect spot. Should have been a 25-yard touchdown, but Kadarius uh, Tony didn't bring it in. Um, then Mahomes threw a couple of short completions to Gray and Pacheco again, turning into four and 18-yard gains. And then he throws a nice pass to Kadarius Tony, who's open, and turns that into a nine-yard gain. Um, then Mahomes hits Kelsey um, over the middle for a 15, uh, for a 14-yard gain. Then again, hits uh, Jarek McKinnon. Um, who's wide open uh, over the middle again. Um, after a couple of incompletions, one of which wasn't his fault because of miscommunication, he throws another nice intermediate pass to Travis Kelsey, who turns it into a 13-yard gain. And um, as you can tell like uh, from, from, this, uh, from my description of the plays, the Chiefs were absolutely rolling 100 yards from Mahomes in the first quarter. Um, then Mahomes uh, throws another uh, short, then an intermediate pass, um, and then hits Mark Valdez Scantling. Um, Scantling or Valdez Scantling is open and the throws behind him, but a decent pass nonetheless because Mahomes is throwing all the way back across the field. I think um, after taking a sack that I did think it was his fault, um, he hits Travis Kelsey on a big time fourth and one, where he rolls out of the pocket and uh, fires the ball to Kelsey. Um, great play from him. Um, after a throwaway and a miscommunication. He misses a wide open Sky Moore, um, just totally airmails him on a third and ten um, on this kind of like drag route where he had room to run. Um, so that ends the first half, a strong first half from him. Um, after a short completion that didn't go anywhere, uh, and an incompletion, he hits uh, who is this? Travis Kelsey for six yards, then throws another incompletion, um, and then on third and four he finds. Hardman for uh, 11 yard gain to move the sticks. Uh, after short completion for five yards, he then hits Valdez Scantling behind the line of scrimmage, who takes that for a 26 yard gain uh, and then scrambles for a couple yards right after that. Um, then he hits Valdez Scantling again, who has a seven yard gain from a three yard pass. Um, and then he takes uh, a sack that I thought he could have avoided, but it's only a one yard loss, so not really uh, a truly bad play. Um, and then on th- a third and 10, uh, he hits Valdez Scantling again um, for a 19-yard gain. Passed a little bit behind him, but it was a great play because he kind of just like evaded the pressure um, and just kind of found a way to get the ball off. And uh, he fired it to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And it looks like a tight window, but when you go back and look at it, the receiver has like a good amount of space. It's a little behind him, but a fantastic play, play nonetheless. Um, after an incompletion because of a wide receiver error and – uh, completion for a couple of yards. He then hits Valdez Scantling uh, on a really tight window pass. Ball's a little behind him again, but this is another great throw uh, from Mahomes. Uh, he then has an incompletion where he just misses Sky Moore uh, on a 14-yard pass, um, and then has a short completion uh, to Travis Kelsey, who turns that into an 11-yard gain. Um, and then he has, I guess, maybe his worst play of the year, maybe one of the worst plays of 
any quarterback this year where he just kind of he, – he's getting ready to throw a screen screen pass, and he just loses control of the ball and, like, flings it backwards. And, um, yeah, that, that, that just leads to a turnover. Bengals gain the possession there. Um, yeah, so poor play from Mahomes there. Uh, one of his only stains on a, on a fantastic day. Um, so they get the ball back uh, with about 13 minutes left, and has a couple of he has a couple of short completions for two and seven yards respectively, uh, and then makes a really nice play to throw the ball away uh, under heavy pressure that arrived under two and a half seconds. Um, he then throws a short completion to Kelsey, but it's short of the sticks, and uh, they are forced to punt again. Um, then on then a little bit later, um, Mahomes hits an intermediate completion, this time to, uh, what's his name, Kemp. Uh, I, I don't even know his first name <laughs> because uh, the Chiefs were having so many injuries here. But Mahomes kind of, he just kind of does his thing. He bails early from the pocket and uh, throws this one across his body to Kemp and it's a 13-yard completion. Uh, after a couple of short completions that went for 8 and 16 yards respectively, um, he, throw, he has a, a scramble for a, a yard here. Um, and then a short completion and on a second and four, he throws an incompletion to Kelsey um, where Mahomes gets hit, hit while throwing and it really affects his throw. And then he makes a fantastic play on a third and four um, to get four yards uh, to pick up the first down. Now, um, that, that probably wouldn't have set them up for a field goal range, but for a really poor play um, to kind of just push the, the Chiefs into field goal range by Joseph Osai. And so um, that just kind of ends up sealing the game for them. So I think overall Mahomes played a very good game um, despite uh, despite that um, horrible play where he just kind of lost the ball. He still ended up with a really, really good number in my in my ratings. And, um, yeah, I think overall we can just expect to see more of the same moving forward. He played, uh, he's going to continue to play uh, pretty fantastic, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, there's really not much more I can say. I mean, what more did we expect? I said coming into this game, this is the this is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. He's not losing this one. It just it just was never gonna happen. That was never gonna be the case. And they came he came into this game and just dominated. Even as PD mentioned, this was one of his well, just another average game for Mahomes really, but again, one of his best games and after the depressing, depressing, depressing loss that was the Niners game, uh, it didn't make up for it completely whatsoever. But the tiny silver lining I had was the fact that Mahomes, my, I guess you could say third best quarterback after whoever the Niners are starting and Justin Herbert, uh, he made it up there. And as you guys, if you listen, you know I'm a Mahomes fan, so this was fun to see. Uh it was a pretty nearly flawless game for him. Uh, I actually heard from Roger Goodell. He leaked the script to me. That fumble that you said was maybe one of the worst plays of the year. Uh, that one wasn't his fault because they actually greased the football before the play. And that's why it slipped like that. I mean, he's so sure-handed. That could never happen if uh, they didn't make something like that happen. So props to Mahomes for just allowing that to happen to him and making them put a little stain on his nearly flawless game. But anyways, jokes aside, he was still really, really good. Uh, He finally got that, I guess you could say, monkey off his back uh, against this Bengals team. Uh, And 
I mean, towards the end of the game, they still didn't. I still didn't see that like one game-winning drive that I would have liked to see from Mahomes to put this uh, Bengals team away. I felt like the end was like almost a little bit fluky the way they got downfield, and I would have loved to see just a a classic Chiefs or classic Mahomes drives just getting them downfield because their last like three four drives was like the fumble with the the Mahomes fumble that was terrible, a couple of punts there was maybe a field goal snuck in there, or actually I don't even think there was until uh the end of the game, and even that. They got downfield because Mahomes got out of bounds and then he got pushed on the sideline, obviously, uh, by Osai, I believe, the Bengals linebacker. And that puts them in field goal range. And, I mean, maybe they still get in field goal range if he doesn't do that, but I think it would have been unlikely they do. So it was still a a great start from the Chiefs and uh, Mahomes in general, but against the Cincinnati team that in the fourth quarter or the second half in general, they always seem to crumble a little bit. And I don't know if that's just that's just the Chiefs versus this team. It's not something to worry about long-term. But I just didn't love the way they were running their offense. Both just Mahomes, I don't think he was as much on the same page as he was with his receivers in the first half. Their offense just seemed to click. And I think the Bengals made the adjustment of just covering Travis Kelsey a little bit differently. I think he was dominating a lot more in that first half. And I'm not exactly sure what they did, but he didn't seem to be as big of a factor in that second half. And I think that was the key in shutting this team down, as well as a couple of freak accidents like the Mahomes fumble in general. But although it was a really good game, it wasn't like the it wasn't the complete game I was looking for. But I do, I do think it's just something to do with the the Chiefs being in their head, because the Chiefs in against pretty much everyone else, and Patrick Mahomes versus pretty much everyone else is very elite in the fourth quarter. He's definitely he's extremely clutch. I mean, we saw him go down downfield and get a field goal in thirteen seconds against the Bills last year in the playoffs with the season on the line. So I'm not quite questioning their clutchness overall whatsoever, but. That I don't I, I just don't know what it is, but that fourth quarter was not the best. Regardless, though, still a very 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 good game from Mahomes. I I'd say, uh, once again another elite performance from him in a season where out of his seventeen games we've probably seen like upwards of twelve thirteen elite performances at this point, and this one just adds to the tally really. Uh, there isn't much even adjustments I can say for him to make because the lone. Uh, mistakes out aside from like incompletions that I mean that happens, but the lone like turnover worthy mistake he had, uh, it was just a slip of the ball from his ha- hand. It's not really something you can work on. Uh, it just uh, that's just not gonna happen again. So I think he's looking good going into the Super Bowl. Uh, which do you want to get into that right now? Now that I've transitioned to it. Yes, let's get right into it. So. Let's jump right into it, then. All right, let's talk about uh, how Mahomes will attack this Eagles defense. What do you got? Well, for against this Eagles defense, I think this might be – I'm trying to think, but is this – this is going to be the best defense he's played for sure 
aside from I guess maybe that Niners defense. Yeah, the Niners uh, weren't really. That like Niners it. defense was yeah. extremely banged up when. Yep. Yep. Uh, what oh, were you saying? Something. Yeah, I was gonna say the exact same that you were just gonna say. Like they weren't in form; they were had a lot of injuries. It was just. Um, yeah, I mean, our most impactful player by far, Nick Bosa, wasn't even playing. So I don't think that game is necessarily representative of like an elite defense. I don't think the Niners were an elite defense. So at that time, so I think the Eagles are pretty clearly uh, the best defense he's gonna face. Uh, I think one issue he might run into is the. I, I haven't loved his blocking. I thought I think they did a better job against the Bengals, but I think a huge reason, and I talked about it when we talked uh, about the Jaguars game, I think a huge reason that injury ended up happening was that Young's Jag- Jaguars defensive line was absolutely uh, dominating the Chiefs offensive line. And I've, it felt like in the first half, while he still could run, Mahomes was running and uh, getting away from pressure all over the place. And I think in the second half and this game, the Chiefs have made the adjustment to block extra people. And I think that works against a team like the Jag- the Jaguars or the Bengals, where I feel like their front seven is a decent bit better than their back half of. More so the Jaguars than the Bengals, but I think both teams' front sevens, I would say, are better units than their secondary. But when you look at the Eagles' defense, especially at this point in the year when they're really healthy, that secondary is just as good as uh, their front seven, and both are extremely elite uh, elite uh, units. So I think one thing that's going to be interesting is to see how the Chiefs choose to help to block. Because I think, for one, I think Mahomes is going to be almost 100% healthy, if not 100% healthy, uh, going into this one. So they don't necessarily need to have that extra blocking that they had in the last few games. But if we run into problems where uh, that Chiefs offensive line just isn't able to keep up with the uh, Philly defensive line, who they've been incredible at getting pressure pretty much this whole year. I mean, Hassan Reddick's had an incredible year. We saw what he did versus the Niners last week. Guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they've been good for a very long time. So I think that's going to give him some trouble. And I talked about that secondary and we know that Chiefs receiver core is not good. At, is I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great, uh, 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 excluding Travis Kelsey, of course. And that's who's going to ma- match up with that Eagle secondary. And that Eagle sen- secondary, now that they're healthy, they're looking pretty lethal. And I really don't know if the Chiefs have that, like, elite route runner or even a good route runner that can just create space versus guys like Darius Slay and uh, – C.J. Gardner, Donson, Avante Maddox, etc. So I think that's going to be tough for him. But as always, Travis Kelsey is going to be a massive, massive X factor because as with every other game, there's no one on the Eagles that I'm confident can uh, touch Kelsey. Like No one, no one's going to be able to guard him one-on-one. Uh, they'll most likely have to end up doubling him, which is going to open doors for all kinds of things. Um, I think much like the rest of the year, the Chiefs will not be running the ball much. Not only because they're just that isn't their that isn't their strong suit. They have a Patrick Mahomes in the biggest game of the year. They're gonna go to him, but also because I just don't see them having a successful run game unless they somehow magically go up big early in the game. Which I think if that happens, only the Eagles would do it because they go up big almost every game. 
So I don't see the Chiefs ever being up, up big. I think if they win, it'll be a close one. So I just don't expect them to run. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Mahomes, and this might end up being like a – or this almost guaranteed to be a big legacy game for him. Uh, I think it's pretty clear he has a much, much, much worse roster here. If he's able to, uh, I guess, have an incredible performance and take down this juggernaut of a Philly team that pretty much ha- almost hasn't lost at full strength this entire year, literally just one loss <clears throat> with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback this year. If Moms can do that, that's going to be a huge, huge boost to his resume. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, I have um, I have some questions on how the Chiefs will attack the um, the Eagles' defense. I I think that even though T.J. Edwards is a good player, like like we said last week, like um, it, it's it's more applicable now because Mahomes is a much better quarterback and unlocks uh, yeah. the tight end spot. And now a lot that more. the Chiefs actually have a quarterback, unlike the Niners. Yeah, and like um, I still think that going going to the tight end is is a great way to generate yardage. So. Um, I, I would expect Kelsey to have seventy five plus yards um, in this game. Um, I have I have concerns about the Chiefs receiving core as well, but not uh, because I think they're poor players. I think they're decent players who synergize really well. But the problem is that they're dealing with a lot of injuries, um, and so it could look pretty oh, bad. Yeah. Um, and Mahomes would probably at that point be kind of running around uh, quite a lot, and that probably spells trouble with the Eagles' defense, which will likely. Um, they boast a huge uh, plethora of pass rushers. And um, not only that, but I think that their strategy for defending Mahomes will be the same as it always has been uh, for defending Mahomes in the past, which is just um, try your very best to keep him in the pocket because he's not like, he's not Tom Brady. He's not 6'4, so he's not gonna, just going to be like um, seeing over everyone and, and dissecting you that way. Um, just try to, um, try to <coughs> force him to his weakest area, which is. Um, pushing like through the middle of the field, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, like the, the secondary, like I just don't see great avenues to for, for the uh, Chiefs to be able to exploit with their receivers. So, um, yeah, it could be a little bit of a tough one. Um, the only way that uh, I see this being a great offensive outing for the Chiefs is if, uh, of course, Mahomes is kind of an X factor himself. But um, uh, the, the big factor here is like if the, if the Eagles – uh, interior defensive line gets kind of stonewalled by the Chiefs' interior offensive line. Um, I think that's an avenue for the Chiefs to have offensive success. Um, but other than that, I don't really see like a huge variety of ways that the Chiefs can beat up on the Eagles' defense. Yeah, before we move on to Jalen Hurts, uh, I want to just quickly mention that, yeah, I also think the path to success for the Chiefs, and that's why I think they're kind of the underdog and less likely to win this one, is... I think their path to success in this game is a lot less than the Eagles. The Eagles are just so versatile. They have so many ways to win. Even when the deep ball wasn't going for them like last week, their run game is still absolutely incredible and dominant. Uh, Their short pass game still is going to be solid. And then they just have so many ways to do it. And the only way the Chiefs can really do it is if Patrick Mahomes comes out and is, is, simply put, he's just him. And... I mean, that happens That happens quite a lot. We just saw it happen last week. Uh, he was out with, 
I believe I believe they just put Michael Hardman on IR. He got injured that game. I know both Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony went out in that game. So pretty much without three of his top four receivers, Mahomes still went out there and was able to uh, win that game for them. So I wouldn't count them out completely purely off that fact, but and the fact that they have two weeks rest. I know Michael's out for the season, but. Uh, two massive, massive play playmakers for them are obviously Juju and Tony. Juju leading that receiver core the whole year, and Tony being a, a very talented and could be a huge, huge for them in this one. Uh, I think the two weeks is gonna benefit them there because I don't think either of them had ma- massive injuries, and they'll probably play through it for whatever they have going on with them for the Super Bowl. So maybe it's not as bad as it's uh as it seems right now. But the, this offense could be very, very handicapped going into it, which doesn't bode well for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we summarized everything that we wanted to say. Um, again. Yeah. This is, this I'd is like a, to move on to the other side of the field, or unless you have something like that. Yeah, again, like I want to emphasize, this is this is an all-time great quarterback, best of his generation. Um, so it's, it's, uh-huh. it's unfair to count him out. So. Emphasis on that one. Best of his generation, yes. Uh, that that yes. is my opinion. But um, yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it's unfair to count him out totally. But it, I think he is yeah. climbing a bit of an uphill battle when I break it down, like matchup yeah, by matchup. Um, again, the Chiefs could prove me wrong. Andy Reid could just pull some magic, um, and yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's very possible. But um, I just think that the talent gap between the defense of the Eagles and the supporting pieces of the Chiefs is kind of apparent when when i start looking at it yeah you can never count that trio of kelsey reed and mahomes out but it'll be tough it'll be tough uh but moving on to their uh opposition in this game obviously the philadelphia eagles who have pretty much steamrolled their way through this whole season and i think they're also they're not facing the best defense they've faced all year but I, I think they, they're probably facing the best team uh, they faced all year. And a huge, huge uh, knock on the Eagles pretty much this whole year is how easy their path to the Super Bowl has it been. Uh, they had a historically easy regular season. And they showed up in their big games, so you can't completely discredit uh, what they've done because in the games against tough teams, they still held their own. They still absolutely dominated. But they did have a very easy regular season. Uh, they got a, a cupcake matchup against the Giants, who honestly should not have been there. And they, well, we know what happened with the Niners. We don't need to go back into it. Uh, so this is a huge prove-it game for them. But looking at Jalen Hurts, I think this is going to be uh, another day at the office for him uh, if we're talking about what he's done all year. Because I don't think the Chiefs defense has the threats to slow down this uh Eagles offense the way the Niners did and pretty much only the Niners did and even the Niners did it pretty briefly uh that the defensive line highly highly impressed me uh both of the last weeks both against the Jaguars and the Bengals but both of those offensive lines are I'd say below average in the league if not like bottom 10 uh in the case of the uh yeah bottom 10 probably for both both of them and this Eagles offensive line this whole year has pretty easily been the best in the league. So, uh, 
even though that Chiefs defensive line has been uh uh what's it called? It's been exceeding expectations a little bit. Uh, I don't expect that to happen in this game. Uh, I don't expect Hurts to have to deal with a lot of pressure. And even though it's not a Hurts thing, I think that run game is going to be absolutely lethal once again because that linebacker core of the Chiefs isn't the best. And against this Eagles offensive line, I think both the running backs and Hurts feast on the in, in the run game. And in terms of his passing... Uh, I, I mean, I think the Eagles are going to get a lot of man looks just like they have pretty much all year on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, mainly because teams have to, have to, have to commit to stopping the run because uh, they can't just let Miles Sanders walk through your defense the whole way downfield. And when that happens, that's when you get those deep shots to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, even like a Quez Watkins uh, in single coverage. And... If Hurts can go back to his normal self and uh, actually hit those throws, I think that's going to be there, like, all day for them. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot open for them, and it's really just going to come down to will they execute like they've been all year? Uh, will Hurts continue to not make mistakes like he's been all year? If they come out, and specifically Jalen Hurts, if he comes out and plays the way he has been throughout the regular season and against the Giants... Uh, maybe not so much the way he played against the 49ers, but obviously that was off case. But if he comes out and plays the way he has been, I think this will be a very, very successful offensive uh, performance for him. And I'd be surprised if the Eagles don't put up a lot of points. Uh, if I had to guess something 30 plus, below 40, but probably 30 plus. Yeah, I mean, like, the Eagles have an advantage here in in the pass catching department. Um and along the offensive line, I would say. Um, I think Chris Jones is probably a pretty tough guy to contain. Um, but if there's anyone up to the task, the Eagles' offensive line is is right there. Um, and, and Jason Kelsey is a pretty fantastic player. Um, his strength is probably not as a pass blocker, but he is a good pass, pass blocker, so it uh, should be a good matchup there. Um, and, like, yeah, the Eagles' receivers just cannot be covered. Like, they're just so fantastically good. Um, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and they synergize so well um, with Brown's ability to beat you over the top with his strength uh, and and his speed as well, um, and then also um, like the ability of Devontae Smith to have great change of direction, uh, work underneath, and all, but also have that deep speed um, to be able to chase down a goal ball from Jason Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, I think Hurts could have a a really nice game here. Um, he just has to hit his deep balls. Um, that that just that's just kind of like a necessity um, with his game, which is kind of reliant on the <laughs> deep passing um, as the bread and butter yeah. of his actions, um, which sets up everything else that he does. Um, and yeah, like uh, good um, good chance that he goes goes uh, go, goes for a good game here. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we just saw last week uh, Jamar Chase and I believe even T. Higgins both had uh, pretty big receptions against this team. Uh, I know Jamar Chase, for sure, he had a big play against this team. And I think uh, Jamar is very similar to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in the sense where they're incredibly explosive and fast and incredible route runners. They get a lot of space, especially Devontae Smith. 
And we saw just last week the Chiefs do a poor job of defending that. And I think as a unit, this Eagles offense is even better at making those things happen, scheming those guys open. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be something to look at. Another thing that could be a X factor in this one, and I mentioned how the Eagles offensive line is elite, and I don't think this guy's a bad player at all. I think he's also a very, very good tackle, but I think uh, pretty clearly their uh, weak point on that offensive line, in my opinion, uh, as of recent, has been Jordan Mailata. I think even he's massive and extremely athletic. He's got all the gifts, but I do think sometimes uh, technique-wise he can last, uh, he can uh, lack a little bit in terms of pass blocking because that size pretty much gives him uh, easy wins in the run game most of the time because you're not it's it's tough to beat a guy who's like six eight like three fifty but in the in the in the pass rush game you can do a little bit more and I think by a lot of struggles a little bit and as of recent I've talked about how this uh, D line has risen up a little bit and I mean we know what Chris Jones was gonna do that was expected but I think the reason they've uh been a little bit better than expected is because Carlaftis, Frank Car- Clark, and even when Carlos Dunlap's in there, I think they've done a great job at rushing the passer and being the secondary guy to Chris jo- Jones. And whoever ends up lining up against uh, Mylotta, which I think will be Frank Clark, maybe they switch it up to put Carlaftis in there because I think at this point in their careers, Carlaftis is a bit better. But I think whoever lines up against him uh, could be a bit of an X factor and if they can get to the quarterback even one, two times for a sack or and get a lot of pressure on Hurts because we've seen Hurts under pressure and uh, it can end up not being pretty. That's the that's really the only way you can stop this Eagles offense is getting pressure on Hurts without blitzing. And that's an incredibly difficult task when you have someone as mobile as Hurts and an offensive line as good as the Eagles is they've they've created a almost impenetrable uh line right there but if if those guys can be the x factor and in clutch moments bring the pressure that the chiefs desperately need uh that could be that doorway uh, the chiefs need to winning this one <clears throat> yeah um uh, i i just think like they would have to execute the strategy that the niners had had played with uh with like letting yeah, Hertz, Jalen Hurts' drop back depth uh, work against him and kind of like forcing him to um, play big from the pocket, which is not big, so it's going to be tricky. Um, but I, th- I think that the the rush discipline and like honestly the talent that you need to like force the like the Eagles offensive line will know this right, and so to force the Eagles offensive line to um, be in a spot that they don't want to be in. You need like some significant edge rush talent, and the Niners had it, and I don't think that the the Chiefs really yeah. have that. So Chris Jones is yeah, really the X factor, really and uh, the Chris Jones is really the X factor, and uh, yeah, yeah. As much as those guys have overperformed, it is still lackluster talent for sure on the defensive line. Uh, Chris Jones absolutely is carrying that unit, and the big reason those other guys are getting open is because you almost have to double-team Chris Jones. I mean, you saw what the Bengals did in a big play. They didn't double-team Chris Jones, and uh, their season ended because of it. 
And that interior offensive line of the Eagles is incredible. So, as PD said with the Jason Kelsey even. So, I think that's going to be a very, very fun matchup to watch. Uh, but, yeah. that But that's why I feel like those edge rushers are the X factor because we know what we're going to get out of Chris Jones. Chris Jones, I'd be very surprised if he came out and underperformed. He's going to be incredible. I think those guys are the X factors because – uh, I don't know if, if they're going to be good or bad. And if they are good, that changes things a lot for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of – you kind of wrapped up everything that I, that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anything else that you want to add? Or we could, we could start heading out probably. Uh, not much about the two quarterbacks matchups, I think. Uh, as far as – the overall Super Bowl goes, I think this is going to be an incredible matchup. Even though the Eagles roster overall uh, as a whole is better, the uh, NFL is a quarterback's league as a whole. And we've seen many, many times across history where uh, the better quarterback just finds a way to just be incredible in the biggest games and win them this, win them games. And I think in terms of the quarterbacks currently in the league, I think the only quarterback who could really step up to this challenge with such a subpar roster is Mahomes. I think even if you throw a Burrow or an Allen on this Chiefs team right now, uh, I would predict the Eagles in a landslide. And really the only reason it's not that, I think, is because that Chiefs team has Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I know he's not the... He's not God, even though when I troll, uh, I may mention something like that sometimes. I do think he's going to be the biggest, biggest factor in this one uh, by uh, 10 times or 100 times. So for that reason, I think this will be close. Uh, even though the Niners are not in there, uh, I'll still be watching, even very depressed, especially if the Eagles come out and just shit the bed. Because that could have been us there. So it'll be a bit of a tough watch for me in that regard. But other than that, I'm excited. All right. That will wrap up our episode this time. Uh, Next episode will probably be our last one for a while. We'll do Super Bowl Mm wrap-up, free agency preview, and then we'll take a break to let uh, free agency play out. And, um, yeah, then we'll start doing draft stuff. And that should be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to this group of prospects. Yeah, same here, and I'm also looking forward to all the QB rooms because uh, I was thinking about it lately, and there's going to be a lot of interesting ones, I think, this offseason, so yeah, stay lot, tuned for that. A lot of movement, um, like we saw last offseason, I, I think there's a chance for a yeah, lot of that Yeah, I think we're going to have another round of that. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure to like, leave, leave whatever rating, subscribe. Um, do what you need to do on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, that's all for me. That's all for Cody. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we could be